0: Could you please pronounce your name correctly for me?
1: Yeah, it's Cyril. No, fuck. It's, <laughs> I pronounced it English. It's Küril. Küril in Germany. Yeah. And your last name? Lachauer. Küril Lachauer. Now you come from a small town in Germany. Yeah, almost countryside, less than a small town, I'd say.
0: Mm -hmm. And you've moved to Berlin, you said, 13 years ago? Exactly. And you now are currently a photographer, filmmaker, publisher. You do lots of different things. You seem to have many hats that you service.
1: Yeah, it's like, I mean, if I look back now, it's a logical uh, evolution of my path. Because I studied film for a very short time, then I studied anthropology, then I started to study art in Munich. Then I moved to Berlin, finished my studies here in Berlin. So there were many different steps and now I'm trying to put them together somehow.
0: As we all do as artists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the thing is we, we have various different experiences through life that we try and figure out how to put together into some sense
1: Yeah, a lot of artists, but I would not say all of them. I mean, I have friends who always knew they want to become sculpturers, for example. Then they start studying with 20 in the art school and they do sculptures for five years and they make their degree. And now they're 40 and they're still sculpturers. You know what I mean? You can be still nowadays or painters. Hmm. Some of them are still very strict and don't have those combinations. Yeah, I don't
0: fit into that personally. Like I I
1: I started as a photographer actually I started as a psychology
0: major in college. Then I was a Native American studies major. Oh wow but that's a long story. Don't ask about that. (laughs) And then I went and then I became a studio art major, then a photography major, then a new genre art major. Nice. And then I was a hardcore (laughs) photographer for decades. And, you know, shooting four by five film and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm probably more like a digital photo- photographer print that I then paint and deconstruct in various different ways. So sort of more painterly and handmade kind of processes. So I- I'm I'm more of the transitional kind of an artist, I
1: think, sort of like nice. you like yeah. sort of yeah.
0: rolling with whatever your interests are. Yeah.
1: Which makes it sometimes even more complicated for the outside world. Yeah. Well, this is something we were talking about before we started the yeah. podcast, which is like, let's just get into it.
0: So, like, the the art world is very much, they like it when they can pigeonhole you into it. Like, totally. You know, yeah. you're a photographer, great, That's go to it. a photo gallery. You're yeah. a yeah. painter, go to a painting gallery. Yeah. I mean... How easy is it for you being in Berlin, being in Germany, being German, uh, to, to work sort of outside the
1: standard construct? I was living in the States for, like if I put all the pieces together, I would say for three years in Los Angeles. And my experience there was- All three years in Los Angeles? Yeah, more or less, yeah. Like we were there for one and a half years and then we went back and forth for another two two years. And my experience was that there it's totally fine that you're an artist and you're at the same time working something else. And you could say it with pride. So I met guys there who would say, I'm a photographer, but I'm also doing carpentry jobs or whatever. That's funny, I do carpentry. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) me too. (laughs) But in in Germany, we still have that old-fashioned thinking somehow that as an artist you have to be an artist like 100 percent and you shouldn't say that you can't live of your art for 100 percent that's
0: interesting so there's this sort of pride almost to the whole thing exactly right? that, that you, yeah. You, yeah. if you're going to devote your life to the arts you, yeah. you should not
1: even imply that that doesn't sustain you and that's way. almost like a fail and in the states and that was very like healthy for me that experience it's not a fail for the people
0: well it's a necessity i mean it's I, a necessity I mean, exactly I, I don't know yeah. I mean, i'm trying to think of all the people i know in the states i don't know anybody in the united states out of other than like you know the the big blue chip artists but like i'm saying i don't personally know anybody that actually sustains themselves by selling their art i mean because they do other things we,
1: they teach
0: and they do other kinds of things like this. Teaching create. is fine
1: in Germany. Okay, so yeah. so that's an okay. Sort that's of, an okay. That, that's an out. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, be an yeah. artist and a teacher, and that's yeah, legit. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. No, but I have like a good example is a friend of mine who is an artist and he's working like hundred percent with sound. And then, for example, he would get a commercial money job with Sennheiser or whatever kind of brand to do a gig for them, mm-hmm. like an artsy gig and that's something he almost can't tell about in the art world because it's too commercial. That's you know what I mean?
0: I do know what you mean. I mean I run into the same kind of uh, personal issue of the not wanting to like taint my art by making it too commercial. Yeah. Like and, and and when I say my art I mean my art reputation. By, by doing some commercial work in the same vein or style or whatever of my own artwork kind of thing. I mean, I, I get it, but it sounds to me, keep in mind, bear in mind here uh, for the listeners, that I literally have only been in Berlin for two hours. So this is I all know, brand yeah. new to me. So yeah. <laughs> Literally, Cyril is the absolute first person I've spoken to in this country. <laughs> um, Berlin and, and Germany seem like they're a bit different about it, like a bit more
1: extreme with this this idea of i think so separation yeah. of art versus commercial i think i mean it's just my opinion maybe i'm wrong but that's how i this whole experience. podcast is just your opinion yeah, that's it's fine like how i experience it i would say yes interesting yeah i think for photographers it's a little bit easier
0: photographers almost have to do some form of commercial work just to be able to afford all the equipment these days like i mean just the equipment just to keep up with the technology is so yeah. expensive you can't rely on your art for that so okay so help me out about the art scene here versus let's say even maybe the commercial scene you are have a a many different hats you you work in different things documentary film arts films publishing books installation works you you do you seem to sort of float between all these different things very um, it looks effortless is it effortless i mean like do you, do you feel the need to do it or like personally, you want to do it or do you feel the need to do it because you're trying to find a way to basically succeed or make a living or whatever you word you want to put to
1: it? I mean, the reason for me to study art was, what I said in the beginning was my path that I started to study documentary filmmaking and it felt completely wrong i was 20 21 or 2021 and everybody started producing immediately like big budget stuff and i thought i haven't learned anything how could i with 20 or 21 already produce a movie for thirty thousand, without having experienced and learned enough so i dropped out of the film school very early like just not even a year and started to study anthropology because I wanted to learn something, and then I had the feeling I'm not a scientist, so where could be where could I find the freedom to do what I want to do, to write, to film, to take pictures, to make installations, and I had the very romantic uh, idea that the art world could be that home so that was the reason to study art i was never really interested in the art world in terms of yeah the whole gallery business and the artsy cool opening stuff so
0: has that romantic idea worked out for you is it still working or have you been disillusioned by
1: it yeah, it's like what we talked about before the podcast very briefly is that as soon as you enter the gray zone and you're working in between the fields, let's say between documentary and art filmmaking or experimental film and documentary film, or it gets complicated. Give, because- you, give me
0: more. G- expand on complicated. Because like,
1: what, 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 I don't know what you mean exactly by that. A gallery wants you to be very wants you to be one product, because it's easy oh it's easier, it's not easy, but it's easier to promote one product. So it's totally clear what Patagonia, for example, is, and what they stand for as a brand. So it's easy to do the right commercials, the right stuff to promote that brand and if you're working in between the fields or between many different chairs, it's way more complicated for a gallery to promote you sure so i mean it's just about
0: marketing and it's about consistency of story basically yeah, yeah. you know i mean not everybody can be a gerhard richter kind of thing yeah. cuz like, everybody looks to gerhard richter he's like they're like oh but he was a photographer and a painter and he did all these different mediums but but he's a unicorn. He, like, most he artists is, uh, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. The commercial art market won't let you do that.
1: And even if you do, you get kind of bad critiques. Like Alex Soth, for example, one of my favorite yeah. photographers, mm-hmm. like with his last book, which I think is totally fine and good. And it's way more romantic or po- poetic than the stuff he did before. This is the one of the barn or the or the house that he bought? Like no more like romantic uh, portraits of people he met in different cities and places. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the outsiders and uh, like this Midwestern heartland style he did before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't like it because it's different. And that's very unfair. Because in the beginning, everybody wants you to be like to change and evolve. But as soon as you do it, you get critique for it. It's
0: interesting. Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks that artists are people that are pushing boundaries and and trying new things and and being inventive and creative and experimental. But then in the commercial art market, if you actually do that, they turn their back on you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that kind of stuff, it's, it's one of those things like it takes time yeah i think you know like i don't know this exact alex hoth work but i mean i'll bet if you give it like 20 years they'll suddenly look back and go like oh no that was fabulous actually it was the leading edge of the next movement and we just hadn't realized it yet a lot of these kinds of experimental things and changes that go on in the arts market seem like they simply need time and distance probably yeah yeah probably Tell me a little bit more about your background. So you, we got sort of the rough outline of it. You started in a small town. You did all this. Now you've been here for 13 years, and you're basically building your reputation in in Germany only, or in, in Berlin only, or are you getting on the international market? Are you? Mm, no, I would
1: still say in Germany.
0: Okay. Germany. Yeah, because I'm always fascinated, to, uh, like where I was in the United States. It was very difficult to get into other markets. So like if I lived in it New is. York, I wouldn't yeah. be able to get into L.A. If I lived in L.A., I wouldn't be able to get in New York. Like it's it's very difficult to get into markets that are sort of outside your foundation. It your, is your, yeah. your core. Yeah. Um, so and but Europe is so much smaller. I keep thinking that it would like, oh, it'd be easy for like a German artist to go over to France or
1: London. But it doesn't seem like that's true. It's true as soon as you enter a certain level but you have to enter this certain level, and then you expand. What's that level? It's probably a level of very good networking, having a good gallery, which has the power to put you into a show, let's say, in Paris or Madrid or London.
0: Right. Do you have a gallery representing you? Yeah, in In, Rome. In Rome? Yes. Okay how did you get that gallery to represent you? Or did they
1: seek you out or did you seek them out? How did it work? I had a gallery in Berlin for many years. A very good, like, not a, like a triple A hardcore gallery, but I would say like a, for German, yeah, I would say a very good gallery. And I really liked the guy a lot. But at one point, he, like my work, got too much of a documentary thing for him Mm -hmm. and i reacted very emotionally and left the gallery from one second to the other but we are still good friends so it's all good but yeah i had to leave and then i found this guy in rome how did that happen i think he saw a show here in berlin
0: okay yeah I mean because one of the questions you know I'm a practicing artist and of course I, t- I teach I'm a professor so the constant question is
1: how do you get galleries like so I like, mean you can't approach them you can't I would say it's uh, almost a no-go it does seem like there, there
0: seems to be a sense of like connections basically there needs to be a personal connection so a, a person you know that knows that person there has and that's about yeah, it yeah you
1: need somebody in between yeah. yeah, a friend or a curator or somebody who recommends you, or something like some link in between. But you, I would say, you at least in Germany you can't do it directly. It's interesting. Like sending your portfolio to a gallery, they yeah. would, they dump it immediately. They <laughs> don't even look at it.
0: See, but that's tradition. It says that that's the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's not the way you're supposed to do it here. Like period. Like it just won't work. It won't work. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I won't waste my time putting together a portfolio <laughs> on my CV. Okay. So it has to, So, I mean, this all goes back to, like, and this has been something that I've been noticing through conversation after conversation that I have with people on the podcast is connections, connections, connections. It's all about relationships that you build over time with people. I mean, they're your friends, your compatriots, your peers, your, your, all these people. They're the ones that, get you whatever opportunity seems to come it's not putting together a great portfolio
1: and dropping it at a gallery kind of thing like it doesn't work it's it's all about relationships i would say so yeah and how you build up that related those relationships that's another question you know there in in berlin there are a lot of artists who show up all the time at the openings to do it like like with a like a how can i put it like a being social all the time going to every party and for some of them it really works and i do it in a very private way let's say yeah like i meet with the very specific people for a dinner or for a coffee or for a studio visit with one person or two persons like a in a intimate set up I personally
0: don't believe that those those big social gatherings those you know art events and all that kind of stuff those are just C and B scene. it's basically just like so that people say oh I saw you there and that's it yeah might be uh, <laughs> beyond yeah, that yeah. I mean I've never done any great amount of business or anything at those I mean I've met people who then I did business with later or we met at the art opening and then went to a afterwards and did <laughs> yeah. some work there yeah. you know but like but those the social those events are just social they're just networking they're just basically can make connections but let people see you you see people but that's not where the business actually happens no uh, yeah yeah
1: i mean i'm probably not even the right person to talk about business okay because i'm not doing a lot of business why not because and that's maybe another special thing in Germany. I don't know how it is in different countries, in other countries, but in Germany you have three types of artists, I would say. One type is very successful in the art art market. Okay, so commercial market. Commercial art market. Okay. Gallery market. Right. And fairs. One type is successful with institutional exhibitions. Uh-huh. And one type, the lucky type, is successful in both of okay. the other types. But that's well, very rare. Well, there's
0: the fourth type who just aren't successful at all. Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> there are four types. Yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. the institutional type. And that that's tough. I mean, I've known, I, I came from a new genre background, and I know many people who do like performance works and installation works and things like this. And they're very, very competitive and difficult to get funded or to find a collector who is capable or willing to purchase or install something. like far more than, let's say, a painter that does, you know, a, a landscape. you know those those are much easier to sell, much easier to, to do. I mean, basically you're setting yourself up for a very difficult career to try and get these kinds of, opportunities
1: it's more probably it's more a long-term career yeah like in the end it might be even more sustainable if you start with all the institutional stuff and then by the time you maybe get a little bit more famous and at one point maybe you get picked up by a good gallery and then suddenly you get into the art market also wait One little side note how old are you 40 okay yeah but don't get me wrong i'm very like i'm super grateful I love doing those shows. I mean, it's a different... For me, it's like that's what I always wanted to do. Like a what, show the, in a museum compared to a show in a gallery. Oh, of course, all, I would prefer I, the show in a museum. Every artist would prefer a gallery. So a it's great. It even happens. if I don't earn a lot of money, you know. I,
0: well, and that... Okay, Let me, I want to get an understanding of this. So like, if you were to be requested to be have an exhibition, let's say even just one piece, let's just say one installation in a museum, they would pay for what and you would pay for what usually they would pay for the production costs okay so hard costs the the materials any sort of manufacturing or anything like that that has to happen but you don't end up getting a salary let's say out of that usually not
1: but you you're in the process you're Trying to fin- lower the costs, yeah. the production the bu- costs, and put yeah. some of the money in your own yeah, pocket. Yeah,
0: finesse the budget <laughs> a little bit, a little fib this here. Yeah. And they know
1: they- it. I mean, it's not a secret. No, I know. So, but they, I think, I don't know if they're even allowed to pay you salary. I don't know, but they, usually they, they don't do it.
0: There, yeah, there are yeah. many granting places that specifically say like hey, you cannot use the grant for a salary kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So. So then, how do you how do you keep going? How do you keep working if you you you're you're just if you're just covering costs? That's
1: that's yeah, it's, it's the survival mode. Somehow it works works out in the end. Like it's a sum of many different things. Like I don't know if there is a museum show then I of course you need a concept in the beginning, then you know oh okay, it would cost that and that amount of money to be able to do it. Then the museum or the institution tells you, okay, you get fifteen thousand or twenty thousand or whatever, and you know for the year, because I'm producing very slow long term, Mm -hmm. long term projects. Okay, at least you need forty to be able to survive this year and produce and do all the prints and pay an editor and pay the color grading or whatever. Wait, like wait, for wait, film.
0: you have you have an editor for your? You mean retouching or editing? Editing. You have an editor that goes through your photos and edits your photos. No, for the you? films. Films. Okay. The films. Okay. The totally, films. Okay. I was thinking for the photos.
1: I'm like, what? Edit Okay. Cutter. Film editors. Cutter. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. No, film editor is fine. And um, then, yeah, I would try to get additional funding to be able to realize the project. On top of the money the institution spends for your exhibition, right? So then, because it's never enough.
0: Well, that lends to the question: Like, so do you then seek like sponsorships, maybe like corporate sponsorships, or or what, what? You know, I'm new to Europe. Uh, I'm still learning all of this stuff. And and everywhere I go, every exhibition, every exhibition, even it's like a little tiny gallery exhibition sponsored by yada, 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 a bank here, a a municipality, a, a federal ministry, whatever. Everybody seems to have some form of either in kind, like through uh, media that they do basically will give free advertising or banks and such that will actually give some money and things like this. Like So like how does that all come together?
1: Yeah, we have a lot of state funding in Germany. So for my last film, for example, I got money from the institution and then additional money from the, from the media funding, however you call it in English, from Berlin. Okay. They have a special slot for experimental film. Nice. And then they put some money into experimental films, and then usually I approach uh, private collectors.
0: Okay. So you've you've built up a nice base of, of
1: collectors that, from your previous works that you've done over the Not years. Not enough, but at least some, yeah. Okay. Knock on wood.
0: Yeah. And and they actually will then invest basically, and then
1: they get let's say if a photo series or a film has an edition of three or five they would put some money into it and then get the first edition
0: okay yeah i mean this is the this is some of the kind of like the 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 ways to haggle you know so like how do you construct so like basically let's say you had a an exhibition or a portfolio you wanted to build and and you you wanted to build, you know, print like an edition of five. Well, then you could say, "Well, I'm going to make an edition of seven, and I know two of those will go to the people who funded it, and then you'll have an open, you know, a, a leftover edition of five to be able to then theoretically sell."
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I like the relationships which build up during that process. Mm-hmm because it's very like the collector is very involved into the process. How do you it's, find these it's collectors? Like, it's nice for them because they have this personnel. Mm-hmm. They don't go to a fair and buy something from the fair, but they feel like they're involved into the whole process of production. So I think it's a good it's giving and taking for both sides. How,
0: how did you find collectors in the first place? Was it through galleries, through, through, I mean, you know, it's one of those things we all look for them and I, and I've got my little fair share of collectors kind of thing that I built up over the years and the way I got them are utterly random. Like one, one collector I know is this fabulous, um, attorney, uh, in the Czech Republic and she just happened to be my attorney i hired nice. her as a lawyer yeah, 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 yeah. coincidentally yeah. she's an art collector yeah. <laughs> totally random you know things like that so like uh, mine have been utterly random. i had one the guy that started collecting my work for, uh, because he saw me on instagram nice yeah utterly yeah. random yeah. yeah so nice Yeah. yeah but so the, like what are some avenues that have been successful or or some that caused problems like did, did you did, did anything ever I'm as interested in people's successes as much as like failures or things that maybe hurt your reputation that you that you learned from
1: like the successful part of it I always had people who helped me there's for example there's a grant in Berlin which I got like I think in 2013 or 14 and the guy who runs it like it's a it's a thing of a political party. It's existing, sin, existing since the 50s and it's their cultural engagement. Wow. And the guy who runs as the head of this cultural department is an extremely helpful man who just loves art. Like he really loves it. So they choose four people every year and then you get funded for a year. But the special thing about it is that it doesn't stop after a year. He keeps on helping you and connecting you to people or connecting you to a collector. Ah, that relationships again. Again, the relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kills me. The failure part is more what I experienced is if you get pressured too much by the need of of money. Yeah. Yeah. and then you get maybe too aggressive or too pushy mm-hmm. and that never works. Huh. At least for me it never worked. No, I get it. I, I mean, it's it, as soon as they get the feeling that oh, okay, this artist he's really pushy, then it's already over.
0: It's very interesting like because like I know a lot of artists and I've even experienced this myself. I'm not going to sit here and talk for other people. So like there've been points in my life where I'm like fuck, I really need to sell something. Like I need to sell something. And I would go almost be like hand, hat in hand, begging somebody to buy something. And they knew it. Like if you come
1: out of that energy, it's.
0: Yeah, there's something about like, you have to be, you have to almost not
1: need it. Yeah. And that's what like collectors, all of them, that's what all of them say. There's nothing they hate more than complaining artists. Yeah. So that's another rule, maybe like not applying directly to a gallery. I would that's what at least what I learned. Great. Never complain. Even if well, you're like well, your well, bank you account is about like them. five thousand minus, don't complain. Just keep on going.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean it's good. It's good. I mean it's yeah, Even like
1: especially excuse me, especially like in my age, if you're 40 and you go to an art party and there are those 40 year old artists complaining all the time, I mean it's a nightmare. Wow. What, what do we have to complain about? That's the point. nothing.
0: What, what kind of complaints do you do you hear? I, I, I'm, I'm just not getting like,
1: into that or it's not working out or still have to work side jobs and I have those complaints, of course. Yeah
0: but, you don't but talk with about my them.
1: own like i do it i deal with them here in my studio but if i go like i have one friend from spain he's an illustrator and he's very radical like a skateboarder and he would say get your shit together and that was very like i met him through instagram yeah, my only online friendship i built up nice and yeah, and and I think he's like somehow he's right. I mean, if it doesn't work out for a while, just do something, do yeah. some a carpenter job or. But don't tell anybody. Work in a bar. No, you tell. I, I I would tell everybody, but just do it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting balance
0: of like we we need those collectors, and we need those exhibitions, and we need all those things. But the problem, to a certain extent, is we can't look needy.
1: Yeah, that's the point, yeah. And there are more and more artists. Yeah. My father is a painter. Really? Yeah, and he studied art in whatever, the 60s. And like, he always says it's crazy how many art schools we have nowadays in in Germany, how many universities how many courses how many there are so many oh there and are that's what what always puts yourself into a good like uh, relation because you're just one of them you know yeah. what i mean i'm if i apply for a grant or for something there there are 300 people applying and out of those 300 50 are very good so right. if you get it it's not about that you're better than those other 49 people. It's because luck or you hit the right text at the re- uh, right moment or you knew somebody in the jury or you, whatever reason, but it's you not about... You know somebody in the jury. That's not
0: good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the inappropriate. But it's not, it's not about like always about being a good artist or not being a good artist. It's true. It's absolutely true.
0: I mean, I know some amazing artists, Corey Hickson. I know you don't listen to the podcast, so I'm just going to throw his name out there. He, he's a phenomenal artist, and he stopped making art because, well, just nobody ever bought it. And Don't get me wrong. He ended up having a great career as a, as a preparator for a very, very wealthy billionaire and flying all around the world and having great not times. Fair. But being a talented artist does not necessarily equate to being a successful artist. Not at all not at all and that's a very unfortunate thing
1: i mean even here in in uh, like when you start being a free artist after university and you apply for the first grant it's very difficult to get the first one and if the first one was a good one it's already easier to get the second one and if the second one was a good one like it gets easier all the time and that's so weird well but see i'm new here i've gotten no grants here and I'm still scared shitless
0: about the whole process. <laughs> like I'm trying to write my grants. The 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 application process of writing eloquently about your idea for a grant or a residency or a whatever, some sort of funding for whatever project you have, that to me is uh, outside of my realm of knowledge. Like I don't understand how – because every single granting organization has a different – vocabulary and criteria that they want you to use and there's no consistency to it whatsoever and so you literally have to figure out a way to speak in their vocabulary exactly every time and that is really hard because actually this is one of my pet peeves about the arts for you know, years and years and years, you will apply for X, Y, Z. So you'll apply for this grant, you'll apply for this exhibition, you'll apply to this gallery, and you will either get one of two answers, yes or no. Now, if you get yes, great, you did something right. You don't know what you did right, but you did something right. And if you get the answer is no, you have no idea what you did wrong, and nobody will tell you what you did wrong or how to do it better next time. So how are we supposed to get
1: better? I'm not the right person to make a general comment here. But for me, it was definitely honesty. Like the best grants I got were always like hardcore, honest applications. Like not like writing five pages of a weird concept, which is like 50% fake because you're making up something. Right. It was more like an application, like, hey... I'm sending you my books, you know what I'm doing, you can watch my films. It's very obvious what I'm doing. I wanna be like without the money pressure for one year and work on a new project, that's it. That's the point of my application.
0: Holy crap, you actually said, I just wanna have basically t- take a year off without having yeah. to worry about money yes. and they gave you that grant? Yes. Oh my God, I want yeah. that granting organization. <laughs> Yeah. Like that, that's my dream. Like yeah. I keep yeah. looking around at all these residencies that exist throughout Europe and even throughout the world, and there are all these like little niche things. Like oh, this one's about ecological this, or this one's about you know refugee issues or women's issues or whatever. Like I mean, and, and they all have these little niche things, and I ne- I never fit into some mm-hmm. like criteria like that. I want a grant and or a residency that basically just says. Tell us what you do, and we will just give you time, space, and money to produce it there.
1: Yeah, but that's basically what they do, at least in Germany. I would say they do. Yeah,
0: I need to move to Germany. I mean, do you have, have to be? S- a, do you have to be a citizen, or you just be a resident?
1: Resident, resident. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I could move here and do this. You could move here and get all the money. No, but we have very, like, very famous uh, state-funded residencies, for example. They have a very high reputation. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's official. They just want you to go to Florence or Rome or Los Angeles. They give you the money and they they want you to work there.
0: I heard a rumor when I was in art school back in the United States, God, 25, 30 years ago at this point, that, in germany and i don't know if it was berlin only or all of germany that at one point the government would actually subsidize artists living expenses
1: like their apart rent their rent on their apartment i think that's wrong darn it i always hoped that was true (laughs) i think in in ireland you don't have to pay taxes right if you're an artist i have no idea ireland yeah i don't know yeah i think so and in Luxembourg, there's something that you can get, like something like we call it in Germany Grundeinkommen, like a basic seller and mon- monthly basic yeah. thing for artists. But in Germany, no. That's a rumor. Ah, that's
0: so sad. <laughs> that, was, that was always my dream, was to come here and get subsidized yeah. housing. Yeah yeah, 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 so I mean, getting back to the, the whole berlin experience of it all since i'm new here you have more experience here when i'm outside of berlin
1: everybody tells me oh you should go to berlin
0: but you're in berlin is it really that great
1: it's a very uh, it's gonna be a complex answer like on a personal level it was not very great for me in the beginning because i grew up in the mountains And I was always very much connected to the mountains or the sea. So I spent like most of my life between, let's say, 16 and 27 climbing or surfing. Like whenever I had free time, Mm -hmm. I spent the time either in the mountains or close to the sea. So coming to, moving to Berlin was, for me, was very hard in the beginning because there's nothing around. I mean, of course, you can go cycling or you walk around the lake and get depressed. But for me, it was like there's no adventure, there's no wilderness, there's nothing around. It's just this island in the middle of nowhere. So that was hard for me. But at the same time, it was very powerful because I left Munich and Bavaria and the art scene there, which is very provincial say yeah mm-hmm. provincial like very Small. yeah everything there's circling all the time around themselves uh-huh. and i arrived here and it's yeah it was like like in terms of, of art it was paradise yeah the sheer volume of it either. yeah the volume so many people from all over the world it's a big city the rents were like so cheap here yeah like still 13, 14 years ago. Yeah, it was like you got a studio space for, I don't know, four euros a square meter. And it was, yeah, it was amazing. The art school, like a, like the, the, the reason for me to to go to Berlin was not Berlin. I wanted to study with a specific professor uh-huh. and he was teaching at the university here in Berlin. So that was the reason I never thought about Berlin. I would have rather moved to Portugal or L.A. or whatever. So I drove to Berlin, applied, and he accepted my application. I ended up in his class. And that was the reason why I ended up in Berlin. Interesting. Who was the professor? Lothar Baumgarten. Okay. Conceptual artist, I would say, who works yeah, also a lot with photo, film, and installations. Okay. And that was the reason in the beginning and yeah and then now in the last and we lived in la in between so i missed some of the evolution here in berlin but of course it's the same process like backpackers in some rural areas like i traveled like 2006 or something i traveled to colombia as a backpacker it was still super dangerous there And you feel like, oh, I'm this cool backpacker who is discovering a new land. But in the end, you're just this asshole who prepares mass tourism. And artists are the same. So we come here in the area where all the lower middle class workers live and where the Turkish communities live. And we love it that the rents are cheap and we could move around freely and get wasted all the time. (laughs) And And then in the end, we are just like the starting point of gentrification. Yep. And a couple of years later, we are not able to afford it anymore. And then the graphic designers, and the advertising companies, yeah. and the startup companies move in. And yeah, in the end, we are on the same side as the workers and the Turkish communities. Yeah, there,
0: there is there any sort of rent control or anything here? They are
1: trying to do it, but it's not really working. No, so uh, so
0: so your rent literally goes can potentially go up every single year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a little bit more difficult with pri- like living spaces but if you have a like a like a workspace uh-huh. they can basically do whatever they want hmm, like for some uh in some parts of kreuzberg they would charge you now 20 euros for a square meter wow so it changed a lot but at the same time i love it because the coffee is better there are even more people from all over the world hmm. it became maybe a little bit no, like I hate to complain I was living in Ireland for a while and I met an, an old surfer there and I stood with him for a couple of months and the surfers are the same they have their wave and as soon as more people come they are always complaining about the good old times and he like this girl, guy he was 60 and he always said fuck those guys I mean what good old days what was better I mean just appreciate it how it's now there are young people from Portugal coming it's cool we can like so I'm not co- I, I hate complaining about the change That's good it's very I mean, healthy just I, I hate complaining about change in terms of the change what I understand, like the problem is with the rents of course sure. if people are not able to afford like I for example we have the, an apartment here in the same building where my studio is I would not be able to find an apartment anymore in Kreuzberg, right? So of course that's not good or okay or anything, but all the rest of the change, I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's evolution. It's evolution. Thinking about some of the other things
0: that you do, actually, I was fascinated by the fact that you seem to publish art
1: books. Is this is that am I understanding that correctly? Through your flipping the coin. Yeah, but it's more... We started as flipping the coin records. Okay. And that's the main focus. Mm-hmm. The books are more... It's still very small. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, the podcast
0: is primarily about visual arts. So yeah. I'm trying... I, simply because my expertise falls under that. I, I, The only... The amount of music stuff I know is just because I was a roadie for a couple of years. So I, I know how to party with rock stars, but that's about it. I have <laughs> no... No no real skill or capability, yeah. like I can't even keep a tune like if, if I tried to sing, it's horrible, you don't want to hear it. The art books though, like but getting into the idea of publishing art books, like where did you even sort of get? like, well, if nobody else is going to publish them, we'll just publish it ourselves. Like what what started you down the path of that?
1: In the beginning, as I said, we started this, uh, this little record label because we were interested in artists who work in the field between music and art and it's always the same it's dub plates which is also you know about dub plates it comes from the caribbean and dj's in the caribbean would produce dub plates instead of expensive vinyl because it's way cheaper but they like they the sound gets destroyed a little bit every time you play the record so after 200 times of playing the record. The record sounds completely different. And the music, by the time, vanishes.
0: Interesting. I mean, it sounds like the old, like, x-rays kind of thing from Russia. Yeah. So, so that was my idea, like, plastic. to make it
1: even more, uh, like, valuable. Not yeah. in a uh, not in a material sense, but like you, you have you, so many, like, on your computer, you have probably 45,000 songs. I and, have a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> and and like with having this stud plate of this artist
0: what are these things made out of what do you mean what what's the
1: material the they get cut into a i don't know how you call the material like it's not pressed uh-huh. like a vinyl it's cut it's cut okay yeah, yeah. all right yeah. interesting that sounds fascinating I so that was the idea and then we started and I, i'm writing a lot so i thought how oh, what to do with my writing then i published some of my writings under this name of flipping the coin then we started flipping the coin books and then one of my oldest friends who is a documentary filmmaker joined and started flipping the coin films as a small production company for essay basically essay movies
0: well because i have a background with uh, handmade books Mm. Uh, i used to i had some great teachers in school and i and my master's thesis actually was a handmade book so i'm fascinated by artist books Um, so that's why i had sort of an interest of like why did you get into it does it even work like you know i've always been a big advocate of like making a book Mm. Uh, artists should you know uh, one goal in our career is to have like a beautiful coffee table book of our artwork. How do you achieve that? And some people are publishing them themselves, basically, instead of waiting for the industry to figure it out or, or find them. They, they're they choosing to just do it themselves with all the self-publishing and things that are out there these days. So do you actually produce these books and then basically just keep them in storage until they sell? Or are you doing like a, a print on demand? What do you, How are you doing them?
1: No they're printed like all of them are printed at once and then basically we are doing exhibitions as flipping the coin Hmm. so yeah we already did a couple of exhibitions and then you have a huge table with whatever 15 turntables and you can listen to all the records and you can sit down and have a look at the books and then there's are screenings of the movies we did so yeah it's more like the idea of being a platform for the people who work with us—it's more a platform for them, mm-hmm. you know. To again, relationships. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But more for them. With my own art, I can be very strict and egoistic in a positive way. But like flipping the coin thing is really something. Okay, I love the this the stuff this guy or this whoever is doing Mm -hmm. so i want to work with them but not like with the back thought of making money relations or money or whatever right yeah
0: Yeah, i mean this is an interesting balancing act that i've been hearing I i hear this conversation going on more and more from the people i've been talking to in europe which is sort of more art for art's sake rather than commercial capitalism kind of idea yeah. like I've I've had I've heard artists even speak badly like and, and literally negatively about commercial art which is not like commercial arts like graphic design or anything like that but like commercial art like paintings that are sold yeah, yeah. is 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 a bad thing uh, how is that a bad thing like I mean I come from a, I guess I guess I guess it's my background and like is seeping through on this is my Things. I come from a capitalist society in the United States, where it's really like we define success by how much you sell. Now, whether that's quantity or whether that's a value, money value, whatever. But, but selling is the the barometer for success. Yeah. But that's not true here.
1: It no, it, it's also true here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends in which circle you're. Yeah, was moving, say, moving around going, I mean they're going radical, back to your
0: commercial artists versus yeah, institutional or, artists yeah. kind of people yeah
1: or they're a radical young artists who just work like in like together who want to get rid of this whole ego and this bullshit master who is working on my own like this genius idea which is totally overcome and they just want to work together and produce together and be a collective and There is super, very, I think, very interesting and progressive new ideas here in Berlin.
0: And that's something that
1: I just recently
0: heard about for sort of the first time-ish, is the idea of collectives. Yeah. Working in, in artist collectives. Yeah. Give me a little bit of understanding. Like so, here in Berlin, what does that mean? Is it like a basically a group of like-minded artists that have come together, and then are they working literally collaboratively, or are they still doing their own individual artwork, but then exhibiting it under sort of the umbrella of a collective? Both like, forms
1: are existing. Both forms. There are a lot of collectives, and they have the collective, but also their solo career. Mm-hmm. And there are radical collectives who really just exist as collectives. It's both. I, I'm, I'm working alone because I like working alone. But I totally understand the idea of a collective because it it's more maybe it suits our times better. Because fighting for our own, like being on our own, like being that single person out there it's it's not how reality is anymore everything is connected it's like all the fields are getting connected between art and fashion and theater and computer design or whatever it is so the the world is not like in the 60s or 70s anymore so maybe it's the time for, for single heroes is over might be so i I, understand, I i i don't know if i get it right but i get the idea fair enough yeah.
0: but that, that leads to a very interesting sort of topic that i i keep asking people about uh the internet social media websites etc cetera, etc cetera. do you use them do you find them beneficial do you find them um tedious and a difficult waste of time like what how do you what what's your engagement and what's your sort of feedback from utilizing these
1: things again the the answer is complex because um, i mean for some of my friends being on instagram for example it's super interesting because they have followed the the, the people they like they're interested in for them it's a huge input they love the weird stuff which is going on there like stuff you wouldn't even see if there would be no instagram like hardcore stuff like fucked up stuff like weird stuff funny stuff and they're totally into that and they're using instagram almost as a source of inspiration Mm. for them Okay. Then I would say it's totally fine and it's, or not fine, it's super good. But for me, it was a huge distraction. I was on Instagram for six months and I hated it. I really hated it because I was checking it. No at Twitter, least Facebook, 10... any other social no. media, just Instagram. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I realized that I was checking Instagram, my account, like 10 times a day. So, I couldn't stand it because I was psychologically too weak. So, I dropped out and I'm very happy. It's fair, but enough. it's just it. a very personal thing. I'm not against Instagram or anything, but I was not able to handle it. So, I'm only using uh, emails and I have a website, which is very basic. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I look through your website, super yeah. minimal. Yeah. I mean, not
0: yeah. even an artist statement, no CV, no nothing. It was yeah. just images in your email. Yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah
0: okay well it's just an interesting thing because i mean the certain people are saying like that's the future of the arts you know sort of going towards the social media and the website and the interconnectedness and other people are still like saying like no it it just doesn't work for me uh and, and i don't believe there's a right answer it's just uh hearing different inputs and different ways of of navigating that is interesting
1: the thing is, a lot of people think about how the art world could survive or evolve. Because, of course, it's right now it has reached a rotten, a rotten place. Has it? I, I th- yeah, I would say so, right? I mean, it's... I'm it's playing so, devil's advocate. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. So where is the art world going? It's a huge question. But I started, like, in the last one or two years, I stopped thinking about it because... I whatever happens out there, I would still do what I'm doing. Some people are that self confident. Some people are not. No, that it's not about self confidence because I, I, I just love what I do.
0: Oh, I I produced, I mean, I was living in the United Arab Emirates and I was working for six years on work that I literally could not show to anybody under the threat of being thrown in prison and deported and losing my job. So (laughs) so I'm all about the feeling, the personal need to produce regardless of being able to exhibit or sell or any of these kinds of things because I worked... I've worked for, you know, dozens of years with literally no intended outcome or intended result other than to have made that thing. Yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah. that's all I want to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I would love it. My perfect world, I would be able to barter my mortgage for art. <laughs> like, yeah. I could pay off my rent or whatever and, and my electricity by just... Giving art in trade for these things—that would be a perfect world for me. That would but, be fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it'll never happen. Yeah. But. <laughs> all right, so but. let's wrap this up a little bit. Let's finish it. I'm—I think you've done. You've already given some great little tidbits of stuff. So I'm not going to ask you one of my my one question of like advice or anything because I think you've already given some really good insights. So really, my final question is, is that question about um, trying to get a piece in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. So the question is basically. Over the course of this podcast, I'm trying to learn enough about the international art market and the art scene and the art, whatever word you want to put to it, to understand it well enough that I can navigate through all of the whatever and get a piece of my artwork on exhibition in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Whatever advice you're about to give I will actually do it, and then I will keep everybody updated on the podcast of all of the of all of the experiences. So, if you say write to a curator, I will keep everybody up to date. Like I wrote to this curator; it's been three weeks; they haven't responded. Like I will be very open and um, transparent about the entire process yeah. of all of the advice that I get. So, whatever you tell me. I'm gonna
1: do it I would put it on a drone and fly it in All right, probably illegal but probably illegal okay I'm not gonna do
0: illegal things (laughs) (laughs) somebody else already told me that I should just go in with a hammer and nail and just like just like throw it up on the wall and run out
1: okay legally yeah sorry
0: gotta be legal Legal. gotta be legal I'm not not publicly saying I'm gonna do something illegal in advance (laughs) Legally, 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 yes, legally. No, I mean navigating the arts world. You know, uh, you know, people have given advice like curators, certain residencies, like there, there are ways to work within the system that I'm trying to understand how the system works now. You know, because. You and I are of a certain age, I'm 46, so we're of a certain age, that we were taught certain ways about the art world and the reality is that the contemporary art world is completely different than it was when we were young.
1: And so it's, how does it work now? Maybe you just have to be hit the nail at the right time with the right person, you know? like ryan mcginley for example he published his first book like like it's a he he just made his own artist book sent it to some curators one curator loved it and a year later he had this hardcore career you know i i don't know everything else like all the other advices i could give are all long-term advices
0: I do not expect this to be a fast ex- yeah. uh, result. Uh, yeah. I mean, because even even if I were able to get to, let's say, a curator at MoMA, MoMA probably has their schedule already booked out three to five years yeah, in advance. Yeah, so I mean, So yeah. even if I were to able to literally like get a contracted sign saying, yes, they will exhibit it,
1: it probably wouldn't even be installed for three to five years anyways. I so- mean, in the long term process it's making good shows institutional shows
0: okay well that's an interesting idea so so you think because i've had this discussion with other people as well you think fewer higher quality shows So i'm going to institutional idea is more important to build a career than a large amount of smaller shows definitely
1: okay definitely I, I don't have a lot of shows, but every once in a while I have a good show. Not good show, I'm not talking about my own art, arrogant, of course. you, that's fine. <laughs> uh, good in terms of, like, the place where it happens. Right, or the curator yeah, or, yeah, or the whatever yeah, that's yeah, in charge yeah. of it kind of thing. So, so and it's all, I think in the, like, looking back now, it definitely helps more. Okay. Like, because here in Berlin you can can have, like, shows and project rooms and stuff all the time. And for some people, it's fine. But for me, I, as I said before, I'm working slow and I would lose my energy. No, I love that advice. I think that's great advice.
0: It's perfect. Good. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you a
1: lot for being here in the studio.